This is the ERP Advisor. Today's episode, how to identify the best manufacturing software for your business. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for our webinar today, how to identify the best manufacturing software for your business. Sean Wendell is our speaker for today. Sean is the founder and managing principal of ERP Advisors Group based in Denver, Colorado. Sean has over 25 years of experience in the enterprise software industry, helping hundreds of clients across many industries with selecting and implementing a wide variety of enterprise solutions. His podcast, The ERP Advisor, has dozens of episodes with thousands of downloads and is featured on prominent podcast platforms such as Apple and Spotify. On today's call, Sean will discuss how manufacturing companies can ensure they select the right software solution for their unique requirements. Hi, Sean. Welcome. Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome, Juliet. It's always a pleasure. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, okay, if we want to dive right in, um, I was going to say that manufacturing encompasses so much for so many different types of manufacturing, products, industries, just to name a few. And because of that, each manufacturing business has its own unique needs. So with that, Sean, um, let me ask you, for context, can you talk to us a little bit about why the requirements of the manufacturing industry are so unique? Yeah, for sure. If you think about um, all of the products that you use in your daily life, or even products that um, businesses only use, you know, you think about some of these huge machines at a, a refinery or all kinds of different things are produced where there's an end product. Right. So you've got just a wide variety of requirements from an airplane to um, a pen, right? right. To, a, to just a pen. Mm -hmm. So you've got a lot of different kinds of, of, of developed products, manufactured products, and you have different ways <clears throat> in which products are manufactured. Some projects or some products go through, <clears throat> excuse me, they go through a, a one unique product at a time. Like my uncle uh, used to work for Lockheed Martin and mm -hmm. they make airplanes. Right. So I he gave us a tour one time when I was a, a, a young man, I'm not that old, <laughs> but we're getting when there. When you were got, younger. When I was younger, mm -hmm. I got a birthday coming up. It's not the big one, but we're, we're getting close. But anyway, it was so cool to see an F-14 being built. Like it was amazing, right? That's one almost hundred million dollar project or product that that manufacturer was working on. And there were multiple planes too. Then we've had other clients that make lots and lots and lots of little products over and over and over kind of more discreet kind of manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you look at those two extremes and there's other examples in between there, even of like one of our products makes lotions. And creams, right? That's right. what they make. That's called more a batch manufacturing or process manufacturing. Mm -hmm. So, so you basically sort of have to start at the top to say, what kind of a product are we manufacturing? Is it a discrete item or is it more of a, of a batch or process manufacturing? I think most manufacturers know that mm -hmm. it's pretty obvious, right? They've been in the business for years. That's pretty obvious, but but that's the first sort of decision point that has to be made. Does that make sense? Yep. Makes perfect sense. Yes. Perfect. And so with that, Sean, let me ask you, what are some of the common pain points felt by manufacturing companies when it comes to their software? 
Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes, unfortunately, we run into everything, as you know, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You talk to a lot of our customers who uh, who end up engaging us, yeah. and you hear on the backside why they wanted some help. But sometimes a process manufacturer will buy software that's made for discrete manufacturers. Mm. That that does happen, and so you you have to be sure that as as a as a buyer of, of enterprise software, ERP software as a manufacturer. You got to make sure that you get the right kind of app for your business, right? Sounds obvious, but it right. gets confusing and everybody will tell you we can do it, you know, da, 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 da. So you got to really look for yourself. So that's one reason. But but the second reason, it actually goes deeper into the differences of manufacturers because some manufacturers make to order. Mm -hmm. They have uh, engineer to order. Right. So like the airplanes are engineered to a specific design. Right. Right. Um, there's also make to stock where we're building a bunch of the same things. We're going to put it in inventory. Mm -hmm. And there's some other kinds of modes of manufacturing that you have to understand on what you do. Then um, then. Um, yeah, I don't want to go. I'm going pretty deep here at the early part of the call. So I hope I haven't lost anybody yet. If I've lost you, come back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this gets complex, right? Yes. But yes. but the 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 trick of the whole thing is you have to understand what you need, just like we always talk about, Juliet, right? Yeah. Yep. Before you go to the vendor. And if you're a manufacturer, you really, really have to understand this. Now, the good news is, is that there are many vendors in the marketplace that do provide ERP software specific for manufacturing, mm -hmm. but you still have the responsibility to make sure that when you say, oh yeah, I'm a project-based manufacturer, that the vendor not only hears it, but really understands what that means to you. Because uh, we have one manufacturing client we're working with right now, and they, they, they're, we're, we're, we're a construction company. We just build lots of, we have a big project and we help with these construction projects and that's what we are. You are, but if you were to implement construction specific software, you would hate it because you have tons of supply chain needs and inventory needs and lots of material needs. And some of the construction management solutions offer that, mm -hmm. but they're really a manufacturing company that's very project centric. So there's labor, there's material, there's there's work in progress that has to be, you know, tracked, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, you really have to understand what you need before you go to the market, especially. And again, you can't go wrong by saying that anytime, but especially with manufacturers, you got to know what you need. And we'll talk more about what some of those needs are, I'm sure, as we go. Right, right, right. So, you know, we advise our clients on ERP solutions, right? But we right. know that sometimes manufacturing companies need more specialized functionality. And so what solutions are out there for those businesses to consider, like an MRP versus an MES? Can you talk to us a little bit about that? I, I can, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and I think the way to break it down is from the simplest to the more complex. And, okay. and Julia, you got to keep me honest, because if I say something where you're like, Sean, what are you talking about? You call me out on it. Okay. Okay. For Good. sure. Here we go. So if you think about a manufacturing company in general, there's usually a lot of supply chain requirements, meaning purchasing. We got to go out and mm -hmm. buy stuff, right? Um, of course, there's hiring requirements too in HR. 
usually those get handled separately, but you got to have people to make stuff unless you have a ton of machines. Fine. Mm-hmm. But we'll focus on the inventory side. So we have to ball, buy raw goods, raw materials. Then we have to store them. So there's inventory management, warehouse management requirements that can come right. in, right? Sometimes some of our clients, you know, they they manufacture um, very perishable items, right? Or their raw material may be things like hearts. Well, we haven't gotten into the hearts, like the uh, uh, the, uh, the meniscus. Mm. We have a client that's in that business where they basically help people who need different <laughs> new body parts. I totally hacked that up, <laughs> but specifically for orthopedic surgeons that are working mm-hmm. with athletes or individuals that right. become immobilized because um, specifically ligaments and other parts of their body just don't work. So they have right. the ability to in, they inventory and manage the, the warehouse of, of, of these specific perishable items, right? We have mm-hmm. other clients that are um, food manufacturers, right? So they have to keep items cool. They have to keep things heated, whatever it is. And then sometimes we have like steel distributors that just need a lot of space to put a whole lot of steel in. So you have purchasing, you have inventory and warehouse management for sure. Makes sense so far? Yep. It sure does. Good. Now we need to take those materials and then we add labor and we get a finished product. We also may get a component product, which is a thing that goes into something else that we do. But that's that is what we would call make manufacture. That's the manufacturing process itself, right? So we mm-hmm. take the raw materials out of inventory. Hey, we're going to put it into this job, and um, we're going to add some labor to that job to to do whatever we do. We have some machining time, right? We may charge machines to that job. We have overhead allocation of light and electricity. This is all back to your cost accounting classes. If anybody took it, that's probably the only person who's still listening to me anyway, but Juliet, you look like you're tracking. So that's good. Yes. So yeah. So you make the product, right? Then once it's made, you, you have to QC it. You've got to make sure that it meets the specifications per the customer's needs and then usually ship it. But here's the thing. How do you know what to make? And when to make it, right? And and that's where planning comes in and scheduling comes in. And and it's not just planning what items to produce. It's also what lines, what manufacturing lines should we use? Let's say we have 10 lines in a manufacturing facility. We should use four, five, and six because of some reasons, right? So you get into Mm -hmm. production planning. You get into scheduling your people. You're checking on when materials are going to come in. So, you know, production planning, production scheduling, advanced planning and scheduling. So planning is a big deal. And of course, we also need to plan when we're going to get materials and what materials we need. Well, that's materials requirements planning. So you have planning, then you have sort of the execution path, right? And then even on the manufacturing floor itself, wow, sometimes you need the ability to track actual time to a job. You need to track actual materials to a job or maybe a work center within a job. Very detailed kind of tracking has to happen. That's manufacturing execution systems or shop floor control systems right there. Okay. And then, like I said, there's specific quality management systems, or you might hear e-quality management systems, electronic quality management systems, or EQMS. Believe it or not, I just went through seven apps 
They can wow. be best of breed apps there. And that doesn't even include accounting, right? right. Which is the costing you know, because we're trying, you know, as, as a manufacturer, you've got to know how much these products cost to make. So not only you can set your pricing, but so that you know you're going to be profitable and have a business tomorrow. Right. So there's the costing side of the accounting, but then of course there's the invoicing and the collections of cash and, and so on and so forth, as well as the accounting for what's called work in progress, which is how much inventory are we working on that's in a job right now that's not in um, the factory or in the warehouse, mm -hmm. pardon me. So that's like 10 apps, 10 best of breed apps right there. Right. Oh my gosh. And does that include, did I miss it? Where like, even if they make something and then they go to sell it, like that's a whole nother like e-commerce part of it in a way, like if they sell it online, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. If you take a, a company, like um, we have a couple of clients that are in the consumer goods industry. One of them makes duck decoys. Another makes gun cleaning mm -hmm. materials. We have others that make camping chairs. We got all kinds of clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so once it's made, how how do they then make it available to their customers, right? And that might even go back to a CRM system if they have a direct sales force. Or like you said, Juliet, they may have a um, an e-commerce site and they may want to put how many items are available, you know, availability mm -hmm. online. Well, how do they know unless they know what's being manufactured? Right. So that's right. exactly right. Yeah. So let me ask you this, since I don't know any of this, right? <laughs> that um, is this like the difference between like an MRP or an MES or an ERP, like can you have both potentially like an MES and an MRP and then um, an ERP that does your CRM or does your helps with your like HR and your purchasing and what have you? Like, can you have both or, or customize you, one over the other or have it all or have mm -hmm. one? And the answer is yes. yes. Okay. Yes. It depends on your needs. So, so this is why in our needs assessment, <clears throat> and anybody can send a note to you, Juliet, mm -hmm. Juliet at erpadvisorsgroup.com, and they can ask for a sample presentation of what mm -hmm. we do for manufacturing companies. Um, we just want your name and email in exchange. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but you'll see how we sort of go through a process of saying, okay, here is your, we call it the business process ecosystem. Okay. So- um, there's there's marketing, there's sales, there's purchasing, there's inventory, there's manufacture, planning, um, invoicing, you know, uh, the um, AP, blah, blah, blah. Like we lay out all of the boxes of what a business does. And then we say, hmm, where are you having the most pain? Yeah, purchasing is fine. And you have a pretty simple purchase approval process. And you know, purchasing is not a big requirement for you guys, but boy, the manufacturing really is. And you want to have detailed um, execution level data here. So, you know, we could do an ERP. Remember, enterprise resource planning. So we're planning the resources are things like inventory or our people, our mm -hmm. manufacturing lines, all that stuff, right? All of it. The ERP does a lot of the whole business, right? But here's another little clue. If anybody's there still, listen, here we go. <laughs> Golden tip. Not every ERP actually does automate some of these boxes. Um, interesting. They have maybe a best of breed bolt-on that you see this in, right? You know, mm -hmm. you look at Microsoft Business Central. There's a lot of bolt-ons. 
NetSuite has some solutions for process manufacturing that are written within NetSuite and outside of NetSuite. Some solutions that Microsoft, the big Microsoft uh, finance and operations has a lot of stuff in it, but then some partners have written some solutions. So the key thing is this. Again, goes back to your core needs, and then you have to figure out how each app fits over the, that box that you know really just overlays over what you need and where the gaps are. And then you might need to go find a best of breed solution. Mm-hmm. Now, a good software salesperson knows this. Okay. The best ones do this, and there are great people out there, and they will say, "Look, uh, for uh, this solution, for our solution." We've gone into your business and you do a lot of configuration of products. You you have um, the the easy example back when I was at J.D. Edwards were forklifts. You know, what kind of a shovel do you want on the front end? What color do you want? What kind of seat? What kind of engine? You know, there's some configuration points. Mm-hmm. Some of the apps have configuration tools that are pretty good in them. Some of them don't. So... You really have to like understand, you know, if that's a main area for you, how is this vendor going to meet it? And it always goes back to flapping the jaws like mm-hmm. I am, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but you have to have them show you yeah. how your business would operate through their solution. And when they start throwing up slides, oh yeah, this is how it would work. They're like, well, well, that's PowerPoint. No, no, no. This is a picture of how it would work. Oh, are you not able to show me that in your app? Well, it takes too long to set it up. Oh, hmm. red flag, have, red flag. I'm going to have this app for 10 years and you can't take the time to set it up. Right. So you really, as a manufacturer, have to make dang sure that you yourself, your team, you know, you assign right. a team. They have to be able to see this is exactly how our business processes will flow through this app. And if there's any red flags, even a yellow flag, that's fine. Write it down, mm-hmm. get through the demo and go back to the people and say, hey, we didn't see this at all. And you need to show it to us. Right. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And, you know, that that brings me to a question of, OK, you can know your needs and you can work hard and ask all the questions on the front end to hope that whatever solution you pick is right for what you need. But once you're in there and then you realize like, oh boy, we really needed this or, oh boy, like we should have done this. Like how hard is it to change and add reconfigure or is that a customization? Like has that happened? And like, and how do people handle that? Yeah. Well, the question is what time is it? Has it happened today? (laughs) I think it's happened three times today. (laughs) I'm sure. It happens all the time, you know, no different than you decide, okay, I'm going to buy this house and it's wonderful and it's great. And you move in and you're like, "Uh oh, there's not enough bedrooms. Something changes, right? Right. Or maybe we didn't really realize the way the heating system worked. And now we get into it and we're like, wait, there's no whatever. And we really need it, right? Same thing with ERP, right? We, We try to reduce the amount of risk that you have before you actually implement. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the other thing I should say, this is like, this is, again, I feel like I'm like aging myself today. Um, um, but we used to say long time ago, ERP is like cement. Before you implement it, 
it's like wet cement. You can mm-hmm. move it and smooth it around and move it over here, move it over there and everything's fine, you know. And But then when you go live and you start putting data in your system, it hardens, right? That's right. And it's sort of stuck in a certain state. Now, some of the apps are more pliable than others, depending on their underlying technology base. That's a little, that's another clue for people too. It's another really good nugget. So if you're going to do and you have, if you're not sure about things, you don't want to bring in a solution that is more or less pliable, where the technology Mm. platform isn't as flexible. You want to have something that is more flexible because things are always going to change anyway. There's no Mm -hmm. question. You just can't, it's like a relationship. You just can't quite get it right. I I think Erica reminded me of that. When was it? Today. Oh, (laughs) but it was good. It was cute. Anyway, um, but it's true. You know, you just have to be able to work with a solution. So the other key part to that too, as usual, Juliet, especially though for manufacturers is get a good implementation partner. So somebody who's worked with not just similar businesses, but mm-hmm. manufacturers, not just manufacturers, but discrete manufacturers, mm-hmm. not just discrete, but project-based manufacturers, not just project-based manufacturers, but specific to your micro vertical. And they need a couple references that can do that. And, and you'll be surprised. Uh, there are vendors out there that have the experience. Mm-hmm. So, so they will also be able to help guide you during that wet cement period to say, no, 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 you don't want to design your bombs this way your bill of materials, because later on, if you bring in a new product line, like you told us, you're going to have to extend the bill of materials this way, which won't work. We want to do it that way instead. Oh, you know, thank God. So you also have to make sure your implementation partner not just has the experience, but also patience to really listen and understand. Now, all the people on the implementation team don't need to be that way. To be totally honest with you, they don't. But the lead architect, the director, the manager, whoever that person is that's really driving the solution, you know, she needs to be able to say, I've done this before. Mm -hmm. I've made some mistakes with other clients, right? And here's what we need to do to avoid those mistakes with you or challenge you to say, "Uh uh-uh, that's not the right way to do this. This is the right way to do it. Okay. So those are some really key points. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. So, okay. So say before the cement hardens, right? Like as you're implementing and you're working with your partner, if you want to make changes, okay, say the cement has hardened. Like, do you have to wait to make other changes until potentially it's time to renegotiate your deal? Or how can you go about making a change if you need to? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And, and the, you know, the right answer, as my accounting professor always used to say, is it depends. <laughs> but it but might cost you. <laughs> it, and it will cost you. That's right. We do know that will happen. It will cost you. <laughs> but let's say you you end up needing more software than you thought. So you want to add something in. No problem. Right. And remember, we have to separate the the physical the physical nature of software from the contracting mm-hmm. okay the physical nature of most applications is they can turn on or turn off functionality pretty easily right now the contracts may say they do say <laughs> this is what you bought right oh okay great well i need this other thing no problem we can turn it on but we're going to charge you more that's right right so so there 
will be an upcharge for sure if you want to add something. If you want to take something away, well, you better look closely at your uh, contracts because most of the subscription service agreements say you were contracted for this software for three years. You're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's fine. Well, I can get rid of it. I mean, I'm not going to use it so then I don't get charged for it. Ah, that's not what the contracts say. There's only one company we've come across that does that. Oh, really? Oh, that boy. will actually take something off. And at that point, it's just easier to keep it and not use it than it is to try to get it removed, right? That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. <laughs> Julia, also this overwhelming. We had to do this call because poor manufacturers, which make up a lot of our clients and and other guys and gals that do what we do, a lot of manufacturers call us because this is hard stuff. But the reason why at the end of the day is this, that in, in America, in Europe, Africa, everywhere, you know, Australia, New Zealand, China, India, all over the world, right? We have been manufacturing products for many, many, many centuries, really, at right. this point. And in ERP, ERP was was built on the concept of MRP, materials requirements planning. Mm-hmm. That's where enterprise resource planning came from, right? MRP, ERP. Thank you, Gartner Group, for that. But most of the implementations that were going in place in the 60s, probably even the early 50s, but definitely 60s and 70s were with manufacturers. So we have a lot of, we have what, 60, 70 years of development of apps that has occurred over that time. Mm -hmm. So in that time, man goes more and more and more specialized with software products over time. And so that's why you see very specific advanced planning and scheduling systems based off of heuristic modeling versus um, Monte Carlo analysis versus other kinds of simulation technologies that are very, very, very focused because they can, because there's a market for that because the customers, the manufacturers know, oh, I've used SAP forever or I use JD Edwards and I know basically what an ERP does, but it's not that's too broad. I want to do something specific and boom, you know, there's a, there's a company out there that, that wrote something for it. So that's the tricky part is there's just so many solutions, but if you can figure out what you want to need and you can sort of hone in on the market on the types of apps that do it, you'll be okay. Right. And the ERP vendors, remember when you think ERP go broad, that's what you're trying to do with an ERP is because most of our clients, and we work with companies that are in uh, the billions, mm-hmm. um, but definitely our smaller, mid-sized organizations, they don't have the tech staff to support a whole bunch of ERP, APS, MES, QMS, EIOS, whatever, right? They, they don't <laughs> have people to support these apps. So they want to find one or two apps that do the majority of it, which we okay. love that approach for our clients too. Because right. then it's simple. It's just simple. Now, maybe they have a person. I'm going to go out on a limb by saying this, Juliet. So you okay. can pull okay. me back. Okay. But sometimes clients have an individual <laughs> who themselves is very, very savvy and sophisticated with software. Mm. But not maybe always. They, We've learned that for sure. Not right? always. Right. Yeah. But but mm-hmm. let's say that person, you know, came from a really big company, you know, big international conglomerate manufacturer. They come down to a $500 million manufacturer, whatever. 
And that person comes in and says, okay, you know, we got to do this and we got to do that. We got to, okay, that makes a lot of sense. Good. So they go to market, they buy a solution and then whoop, that person leaves. And everybody else who's been around for a while and who's going to be there for a while and who's really got their the, the company on their back, right. right on their shoulders, looks at this app and says, oh my God, why did we buy this thing? What is this for? I don't even know how to use it. So especially for manufacturing companies, if there's so many solutions and they're so great solutions, you also have to have internal users mm. that will take the time to really own the app and learn how to use it well. And if it's just one person, you're at risk. I hate right. to say it. You know, I really do because that person leaves and everybody's scratching their shoulder, their head. Like, now, why do we have this five-year contract that's for, you know, $300,000 a year and nobody knows how to use this and what are we going to do about it? And I'm thinking about a specific client that we worked with through this problem. So Mm -hmm. it's very real. Yeah. So Sean, what requirements may indicate to a business that they need to evaluate an MRP or an MES solution over? A general ERP? Yes, that's a great question. Basically, if if the organ of the company has, um, I guess it you we have some nonprofits that have manufacturing too. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. we have we have one that makes um personal hygiene products in the third world countries. It's incredible what those guys do. But but you have to look at like, is the basics in place or not? Do we have basic purchasing capability? Do we have basic inventory? Do we have basic manufacturing, uh, work in progress, routings, work orders, right? Do we have basic quality, basic distribution, meaning tracking stuff going out in the warehouse or being shipped or whatever, Mm -hmm. and basic accounting? If you have that in place, for heaven's sakes, don't change it. (laughs) Don't go through the pain and anguish of doing that. There's a whole slew of other reasons, what eight that I think we've identified on why you would change those out, right? Right. But if all eight of those other problems are fine uh, and the app itself is fine, you know, good technology support and, you know, all the rest of that stuff. We we talk about that on other calls. But, you know, we really need to know what the status of a job is on like a day-by-day basis Mm -hmm. on the shop floor. Right. What oh, phase my- they're in, or where what where the process, right? Yep. That's right. What material are we waiting for? What material's been assigned to another job that the promise date is later, so we can pull the materials and put it on this mm-hmm. job where the promise date is tomorrow? Or we really need to track our people and their time, and and because they do something very unique, and need to charge different costs to that job or that specific phase of the job as we go. You know, or again, on the shop floor itself, we have maybe a savvy manager, shop floor manager, and they've got a team underneath them of people that are trying to do things like Kanban, just-in-time, lean manufacturing, all of those just being manufacturing methods and technologies to improve a manufacturing operation. Mm -hmm. You got to have good data for that. You have to have great data. That's where it makes sense to look at an MES. Okay. You know, MRP, MRP usually comes with an ERP just fine, but okay. we'll have clients that have really complex inventory requirements, multi-site, you know, 10 
manufacturing plants around the world mm-hmm. and their supply chain is complex and they're buying they're buying components from from Asia they're they're buying specialized parts from Germany you know electronics manufacturers are kind of this way we're like oh my gosh there's so much stuff that they have to look at the material planning is very complex you might need a specialized app for that mm. although and I'm going to put a challenge out So we have about 19 people on this call right now. And as we know, lots of people listen to the, the, the ERP, um, the, the trusted advisor podcast, Mm -hmm. and I'm putting a challenge out to anybody. I mean, anybody, and I will send you a hundred dollar gift card of wherever you want. If you can send me back an email, Sean, S-H-A-W-N at erpadvisorsgroup.com. If you can prove to me that your company doesn't, once the MRP plan is produced, still have somebody who manually goes in and tinkers with it. If you do that completely automated, send me a picture, a screenshot, something, and I swear to goodness, I will send you whatever kind of Amazon, whatever. Because yeah. in my experience, and I mean, 30 years almost? No, that's wow. too old. But in, I mean, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of companies Every single one, they get a fancy schmancy MRP. And at the end of the day, the purchasing manager, the materials manager, supply chain director, blah, 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 looks at it and says, no, that's not right. We should buy this instead of that. (laughs) Oh, boy. But but that's okay because they get all of this processing, processing, the original AI, old, what is it? OG AI is MRP. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, the MRP vendors should change their thing to AI MRP. There you go. That's what I would do if I were them. ML right? AI MRP. Um, but that's really what it, what MRP is, is taking all this logic and coming up with, here's what you should buy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there's some really super savvy organizations out there that have wired it in. But the vast, vast, vast majority of folks, they they take what's developed by the system and they tweak. But if they didn't have the system, Juliet, they would have to do all of it on their own. So instead, right. you know, this the guru looks at it and says, mm, this or that, that takes that can take an hour versus having 10 hours to process all the data. So MRP has a place, don't get me wrong, but everybody tinkers with yeah. their MRP plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know I asked you this before, like if you could have both, is one more important than the other? Like would an ERP be the umbrella and you'd have the MEP or the MRP underneath? Or would it be the MEP, MRP with the ERP underneath? Or would it be vertical, right? I, does that make sense? It does. But even even as you're throwing out new acronyms, I'm getting confused. I'm sorry, wait. Didn't, <laughs> no. MRP, M-E, what did I say? M-R-E? Or would you say M-E-R? M-R-P, M-E-S. M-E-S. ERP, all the all the vowels, letters, consonants, whatever. Juliet, you oh. can, I mean, you can imagine how somebody point, is like, I have to buy this stuff, and I, I don't even know what the acronyms are. I mean, they know they know how to make, like, I mean, we've got a client right now that makes the end of robotic arms. That's all they do. So they don't make the robotic arm; they make the application that these factories buy. You know, when they're making cars or whatever, there's a laser, there's a cutter, there's a welder, whatever. That's all our client does. Right. So specialized and so hard what these people do. And then they have to go understand what you just went through. Right. It's impossible. It's actually impossible. Right. So so to to answer your question, here it is. The simpler 
the better. Always. And so if you can get away with one app that does enough, good enough, we're going to go all in on that. Okay. Like we have a client right now, actually, I'm a little worried about it because we selected a very specialized manufacturing app. And I'm not sure that that specialized manufacturing app goes as broad as what the client will need in the future. So, I mean, we're dealing with this in present time, like literally right, right now right. with our clients. And this is what we do for a living. Imagine how somebody feels on their own out there. I'm right. sorry if you're running right now, you're listening to this on your treadmill or riding your bike or whatever, you know, take a break, get a little water. We feel for you, brother, sister. Okay, now go back at it. Um, but seriously, like the simpler, the better Always, 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 always. I don't care how big the organization is. Mm -hmm. I do not care. I don't care how many people you have in IT. I don't care how many people are trying to justify their job by the new system that they're trying to purchase. We are 100% focused on the enterprise and what's right for the business, not one person or what one individual thinks, or maybe two or even a department, but what is really best. And it's always better to go with simple stuff. So if we can get everything that we need, that's just enough and get a win. I mean, like literally hallelujah, right? right. Don't forget our wonderful industry has a lot of failure rates and this is a big reason why, Oh, you know, it's like a uh, Chris Farley from, uh, you know, from the van down by the river, you know, I need MES, MRP, APS, <laughs> you know, time dragging. I need, you know, this, and, I, <laughs> and I need it in a van down by the river, right? <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, I kind of stood up and done the whole belt. <laughs> oh my gosh, but so to get back to business here, yeah. it, just don't do that. Like go simple. And then, and then you can go on a gradient, get the win. Get That's your right. business flowing, your transactions flowing from sales, sales order gets created, you know, boom, a work order can flow from that once it gets approved to go into production. And then that kicks off the bill of materials. And then you've got production scheduling. And now you can start, you know, getting inventory out of the warehouse and assigning it for a job. And somebody gets a pick ticket, they go grab it, they put it to the job, they change the inventory site, they start working on it, it moves to the next work cell and mm -hmm. boom, you got a finished product. Like, holy cow, that's amazing to even get that much. Right, right. And especially if you mentioned that everyone has to tweak it a little bit, right? So exactly. the simpler, the better, even if you have to tweak it. Right? That's right. That's yeah. right. And then maybe, oh my gosh, we need a, an EQMS because we have, we're a defense contractor and we have these really complex specifications and we have to track our testing down to, you know, the T on, and we have 300 cases and whatever we have to go through. You're doing it in Word today and you attach the Word document that shows you did the test to the product and that show, that's compliance enough, fine. Mm -hmm. But as you go on and it gets more complex, well, maybe you do bring in an EQMS system. Even the best EQMS guys and gals will say, we're not for everybody, right? We're very specialized in what we do. And that's how you know you're talking to a good software vendor, by that's the way, right. is they're humble about it. And they're not trying right. to shove something down your throat. They're really trying to help you understand what you need so that's that right. then they can be successful. You know, that's right. there's definitely some cats out there that are looking to just close a deal. That's true. Mm -hmm. But the right? vast majority, you know, especially experienced people that are there, right? 
they really do want to make sure that you need their manufacturing best of breed solution, right? Because that's what all this is. I mean, I should do this right now. Manufacturing best of breed software. If you Google that, find Mm -hmm. out what you come up with. And there's a ton out there. Hopefully there's an article, Rebecca, that ERP (laughs) advisors would come up on how to find best of breed manufacturing software. But, um, you know, there's a lot of options, but again, you know, find the right people. They can help you uh, navigate that for sure. Right. Well, Sean, I mean, we, we taught, touched on, um, a lot of the, the needs of a business of knowing, um, like what your business is and what the very specifics are, but how should a business go about selecting the right application for them, starting with the needs, evaluating their functionality. You know, can you talk to us a little bit about that as we come to the end of our time? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, again, this is for the do-it-yourselfers out there, which, which by the way, we've been talking about a do-it-yourself workshop for ERP selection, and that's okay. coming to fruition. So stay tuned on that. So yeah. come to our workshops, what I should say, yeah. or hire us to do the whole thing. But if you're adventurous, do it on your own. And here's the things to do. Like you said, get your needs set, like define, define, define what it is. And especially when you're talking to people to say, oh, okay, what do you need? Right. Cause one person usually doesn't work in every department. They usually work in one department. Mm-hmm. So you got to go to the other departments, functional areas to figure out what they need. So, you know, you can ask the question of, Hey, what would you like to have in software? And they go, oh, I would like to, you know, get Chris Fowler. I want this and this and this. And then you say, okay, good. Would you be willing to pay for that out of your own salary and see what they say? Just If throw it's it out really that important. If it's really that important. And you know what? The good people, the people that really know the business and know the opportunity, they'll say, yes, I mm-hmm. would. I believe that this would really help us out. Great. Get the real genuine needs. Then um, you do need to make sure that you have some idea of pricing. Because you don't want to go talk to vendors unless you know that you can afford it. That's right. You kind of look like an idiot to everybody when you do that, especially if you start pulling in other people from around the company to do demos. Mm. And then somebody says, okay, the software is going to be at, and the implementation and data migration and the project management is going to be $750,000. And you go, uh, but uh, I only have a quarter million. somebody's got that sound machine in my office I think Natalie has it and it goes (laughs) (laughs) so here's a a quick trip here's another golden nugget on how to um, estimate software pricing you can always call a vendor and just say hey here's generally my needs tell me how much you think that software is going to cost with this many users so you should at least know the modules at, at a high level and end users, and then say, like, seriously, list price, how much is this going to cost? Ah, it's $100,000. Okay, fine. Here's what's going to happen. The price will go down with discounts, but mm-hmm. it will go up with additional modules you didn't know you needed that now you do. Yeah, exactly so, right. you know, I'd add 25, 50% on top of that. And then I would multiply that times two. And that's getting closer to what your total cost of ownership is. If if you have a bunch of crappy data or you don't have anybody available in the business at all, I would take that software number that we just came to, I'd multiply it by three and then probably even four 
So oh, the cool. software is going to be two hundred thousand dollars. That's that's going to be all in eight hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Oh yeah. I mean, it that's that's real. Now some vendor we can do it cheaper. There's no question. It can happen cheaper. But you just have to understand the orders of magnitude of pricing here, especially for manufacturing, it's trying to roll this out across their whole business. And if they have international um sites and they've got other sites around the country, this stuff is not easy to do. It can be done and the value is through the roof. Can you imagine being able to make decisions about the business? Right that are in the app, we actually can look at our data now and say, oh, that's why is there, why are these two plants, why are their yields different if it's a process manufacturer? Let's go back and look at the batch control records. Let's look at the temperatures of the machines. This machine runs hot. This machine runs cold. Oh, that's why. You know, maintenance records, right? We want to track the maintenance, repair, and operations for some of these manufacturers, Juliet. That's another best of breed area. We got to track how often we maintain these machines, right? That's another functional area. Right. So, I'm telling you, I can, every client we have, that's not true. HR is different. HR, human capital management software is different. Mm. ERP though, we can always develop a business plan that is, um, that is clear mm. where the business value is. Now we did have a client we did that with, and they did not have the capital available to invest in the software. Their people were really busy and we said, don't do this. Right. There's reasons why you wouldn't, but what I'm trying to get to is the reasons why you would are obvious. So just, you know, like swallow that like fear, uncertainty, doubt when you hear those estimates, guys, but at least somebody's telling you the truth. That's right. That's right. And you know, like it's overwhelming and it's a lot of money to confront, but in the end, like if it, if improves your bottom line, it improves your your efficiency and your production. I mean, it's well worth it in the end, right? And if it improves your team's performance, right? Exactly. Their morale because people aren't doing stupid stuff. Like, I mean, I can't tell you <laughs> how many clients we have that, you know, they're on the shop floor and there's a piece of paper with pencil writing on, oh, here's the lot number that went in, you know, to this unit. Don't sneeze on it. Don't spill your coffee or, you know, right. there's machines, so there's oil, right? Like, I mean, everybody's at different phases in their their digital transformation, blah, blah. It's true. Right. But, you know, it really ultimately for me, I think the whole reason I just realized this recently, why I love what we do mm-hmm. is because when we do a good job for our clients, their employee morale goes through the roof. Right. Because people are doing things that they know innately are right and that they're 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 doing a great job. They're doing the right things instead of stupid stuff that we did in the 80s or whatever, you know. Right. Like we're in we're in 2023. We should have electronic records for everything we do. And then you can start adding really complex planning and you know, all kinds of KPIs and other kinds of things, vendor scorecards and all this other fun stuff that that's the real reason why everybody wants to do ERP, but you got to get your house in order first. Like we always say. That's right. That's right. And as we know, like I said, it's a lot to confront, but in the end it's worth it for sure. That's right. Yes. That's right. So my gosh, well, Sean, thanks so much for your time today. And as always sharing such good information and uh, let's see, I think I might have a question that just oh, came good. up. Actually, if you have a, another minute, let's see. Sure. John, can you speak to the value of having a well-scripted demo script for the vendor to follow? Oh, God. That, that Whoever that person is, I love them. 
And I even know the answer to that. Exactly. Well, Julia, you answer it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The value of it is very important, right? It it totally is. Now, now here's the thing. Everything that we do, right? We have to keep this one thing in mind. There is a cost-benefit analysis that you have to do on how long you take to do anything, right? So there, there's a um, a point of diminishing returns with a demo script. Okay. Do not take weeks and weeks and weeks to develop a demo script, okay. but it has to have the key points that the people want to see, right? I mean, if if my wife is listening, Erica, are you in there, Erica? <laughs> if you just wrote up a list of everything you wanted and needed for me, I would then be able to do at least some of it, right? But it's kind of true. Like if you know if the vendor's like, oh, thank goodness, they I can see exactly what they want to see here. And then you keep the vendor to the order in which the script is written. Then all of your people are like, oh my gosh, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. So it makes tons of sense. Now, do you have to do a demo script that shows things like, when we take inventory out and put it in the job that I want to see the the journal entries that take mm-hmm. it out of inventory and put it into WIP or whatever. Maybe the accountants need to see that, show it, right? But ERP's come a long way. So some of the things we kind of know it just does too. Mm-hmm. So we always say this, always, your demo script has to focus on your unique business requirements. And if And listen, if you got somebody that wants to see the journal entries, Put it in. That's fine, right? But focus on sort of what you need. Um, and so the vendors know what to show you. That's only fair to the vendors. Like, come on, how can you not do that to them and expect them to have a good demo for it? You know, you kind of got to create a little bit and help it out. Right, right, right. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you for answering that. Um, I don't see that anything else has come through, but thanks again for your time. And as always, for all the information you share. And I learned so much. So thank you. Well, I also have to thank everybody because I, I'm going to take this thing off. Yeah. Let's see where you are. The summer. Can you see the banker? I don't know if you can see the water. There you go. Look at that blue water. Oh my gosh. I've had a bit of a sabbatical this summer that uh, everybody at EAG has helped me to hold down the fort and handle everything. And it has meant the world to me that you guys have uh, done a great job in Denver, really around the country this summer. And it's coming to an end. I think I may not go. We'll see. No, Uh, (laughs) but thanks to everybody on the team and definitely to our clients and even our vendors and everybody for just keeping the show on the road. Well, I got to take a couple, you know, some time off after 13 years. So I just wanted to say everybody. Well-deserved time for yourself, Sean. Definitely. So. Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks again. And we'll catch you on our next webinar for sure. And um, everyone, thank you again for joining us today. Please let us know if you have any questions. We're happy to help in any way we can. You can call us, email us. Um, We're happy to help. Be sure to join us uh, for our next webinar on Thursday, August 17th, why really great HCM software should matter to your business when we will explore the business opportunities made possible through HCM software. Please go to our website, erpadvisorsgroup.com for more details and to register. 
ERP Advisors Group is one of the country's top independent enterprise software advisory firms. ERP Advisors Group advises mid to large sized businesses on selecting and implementing business applications from enterprise resource planning, customer relationship management, human capital management, business intelligence, and other enterprise applications, which equates to millions of dollars in software deals each year across many industries. This has been the ERP Advisor. Thank you again for joining us. Everybody. Thank you.